Hey, it's Ash. Thanks for tuning in to the Productive Insights podcast or the Productive Insights YouTube channel. This is the second part of a two-part conversation where I spoke to my friend Adam Franklin about his five-step framework to use LinkedIn as a business growth tool. I hope you find it useful. You can find this second part of the conversation and the related show notes at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 218. Thanks, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Seth Godin from akimbo.com, and you're listening to Ash Roy from Productive Insights. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. All right, so we have sent out the request we optimize our profile. If the profile is well optimized and it, that addresses a pain point of our target audience, they accept. We send out an email to them. We talked about that, that second email or the first email after connecting with them. And we also touched on how to reconnect with dormant connections. What happens next? So let's think about um, now the, the, new, the brand new contacts. All right, so we've built up the courage. We've, we've introduced ourselves to a stranger. They've accepted. Rather than go quiet for 10 years, what do we say to a brand new person? There's a few different things, and it depends on your personality. It depends on um, how fast you want to move these relationships. But one that I personally use quite a lot is, hey, Ash, nice to meet you. Um, just quickly, would you like me to send you the latest version of my popular marketing template? So that's a quite a forward type of conversation starter. Yeah. I'm sure the other person is thinking, well, there's a sale coming on the back of this. So how do you address that? Well, I mean, it's a business platform. The other thing too is that LinkedIn is a professional platform. Right. I don't know why so many people are so scared of using it to talk about business. Like we're all on there with our professional work hat on. Gotcha. And we're here to look for people that can solve our problems. That's a great point, actually. It's not like we're turning up at a funeral and trying to sell an insurance product, you know, that's inappropriate. <laughs> or pro- prospecting at a, at a wedding. I mean, that's probably what people, some people do, but take a funeral. You're not going to prospect at a funeral. That's not appropriate. But LinkedIn is a business platform. Every business owner, every professional, they have problems. And I know that there's half a dozen things that if someone wrote to me and said, hey, Adam, I can help you with this. I can help you with that. Would yeah. you be interested? I'd be like, thank you. I don't have enough headspace or bandwidth at the moment to go out and uh, recruit somebody and to really find these six people, for example. But I've got problems, as everybody does. Often I'll say, look, if marketing is of interest to you, would you like a copy of my popular marketing template? The big difference is asking for permission to proceed, yes. not just saying, hey, Ash, here's my template and ramming it down your throat. That's a great point, permission. And yes, not ramming the template, but asking them, would you like me to send it? Because that gives them control and they get to say yes if they want it. Now, what happens if they don't reply, which people tend to do? They don't usually come back and say, no, thanks. They just don't reply. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, you're right. They're either say yes. Sometimes they say no. Most of the time, you don't get a response. 80% right. of the time, you don't get a response. So you have a follow-up process, and it's three parts. Um, you can use as many or as few as you like. What I recommend saying first up is, I didn't hear back from you, dot, dot, dot. I just want to bump this back up. Would you like me to send you a copy? Are you interested in this? Here's an objection. The other person is probably thinking, well, if I wanted it, I would have said yes in the first place. So mm. 
to use the one say, I just wanted to bump this back up to the top of your messages. That is acknowledging that like even on email, which we spend all day on, yes, we miss a lot of emails. Absolutely. On LinkedIn, most people log in every few days at most. And so to they probably you're acknowledging they probably missed it in the first place. And it does come down from how you frame it and how you value your own stuff. Like you might Great frame point. your resource as I've just created this for my private coaching clients who are all paying money to access it. It's based mm-hmm. on the 280 high quality guests I've had on my podcast and is some really good business growth tips. I would normally charge for something like this, but would you like me to send you a copy? That is something you're giving them a glimpse of something valuable behind the curtain, mm-hmm. which is much more valuable than if it's like, oh, do you just want my marketing brochure? Oh, no, thanks. But if it's something super valuable, they will. And and it's worth following up because you value it and because it is valuable. Like if I wrote you and said, hey, Ash, I've got tickets to the Ashes cricket game coming up. That's a valuable thing that I'm offering you. Now, yeah. if you didn't write back, I would probably say, hey, Ash, I didn't hear from you. Do you want to come along with me? If you still right. didn't write back, Ash, you're interested in coming to the cricket with me mm-hmm. because I know what I'm offering is valuable to you. Yes. And I don't want you to miss out. And you, I think you would be upset if I offered it to you the first time and then you missed it and I gave that ticket to somebody else. You'd be like, yes. oh, man, I would have definitely come to the SCG with you. I just didn't see it. Why didn't you follow up? Oftentimes, a lead magnet isn't as valuable as a ticket to the cricket, but to some people it is. Yes. Like some people aren't interested in the cricket. Some people would much rather solve their their business growth challenge. For our American listeners, cricket is something like baseball. SCG stands for Sydney Cricket Ground. Seth Godin knows what cricket is, but he's the only American <laughs> I know of that knows what cricket is. And he even knows who Don Bradman is, which is very impressive. But for the others, cricket is like baseball, but better. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Longer game. That can be five days long, which really confuses a lot of American listeners. <laughs> but yes, I would be like me having baseball tickets at um, Yankee Stadium. And so, yes, we, there's a follow-up process. Typically, three is more than enough. If you don't get a response after that, no worries. But we know that we are going, next time we've got something valuable to offer, we'll go back to these people in a month's time, in two months' time and say, Ash, I'm running a workshop on how to grow your marketing funnel or grow grow your marketing pipeline. Would you like a ticket? Would mm-hmm. you like the registration link? And again, more often than not, I'm offering something. I'm not ramming it down your throat. If we can always be coming from a place of generosity, right. then that's what LinkedIn is great for. I think that should help reframe this in a lot of people's minds from yeah. I'm harassing people or spamming them or badgering them to I've got something of value. I'm offering yeah. it to you. It's up to you. If you want it, great. If you don't, no worries, but I just don't yeah. want you to miss out. Posture is really important. And actually, you know, in episode 200, Seth Godin talked a lot about this. He talked about generosity. At the time, it didn't really hit home properly. But now as you're talking about this, I'm realizing, yeah, that makes perfect sense. As long as you're coming from a space of generosity and the spirit is one of generosity, that matters. What I talked about a lot in that episode was about empathy, which is one of the least used words in marketing. And in my opinion, one of the most important. Empathy and generosity really go hand in hand, don't they? I totally agree with that 100%. We need to be human beings with this. I mean, part of what makes a message resonate with people too is that if you have been deliberate and strategic with who you have reached out to, then that message is going to be more appropriate. 
Great if you're connecting point. with coaches and business owners, if you have deliberately reached out to, I know you're a global business, but let's just say you're Sydney-based, if you had focused specifically on coaches and consultants and business owners in Sydney and your content is specifically tailored to them, you're going to get a much higher response rate because it's useful to them. But if like many people, like me, I'm guilty of it over the years, accepting people's connection requests willy-nilly and going, I wonder why my newsfeed's full of junk because <laughs> all these random people that have no relevance to me are posting yep. stuff. It's not LinkedIn's fault. It's your yep. fault or my fault for connecting with all these random odd bods and then wondering why my newsfeed's full of irrelevant stuff. Um, right. So if you, if you curate your list, you reach out to people strategically and deliberately, the content that you publish and the messages that you send people offering content, it's going to be a lot more relevant to them. And a really good point I want to bring out. If you're practicing empathy and you're making it about your prospects and how you can help them, you are more likely to connect with the right people and you're more likely to send the correct messages that are relevant to people at a point in time when they need it most. 100%. Okay, should we look, just look at a couple of different types of conversation starter messages aside from offering a, a resource? Sure. What we want to do mainly is, is just start a conversation. That's its main goal. It's not to book an appointment or sell anything that can come way down the track, but it's just to engage. And so we want to keep it normally really quite easy for people to respond. Mm -hmm. And that's why having a this or that type of question is often pretty handy. For example, hey, Ash, nice to meet you. Congrats on what you're doing at um, Productive Insights. Just to acknowledge that I see what you do. Quick question, have you ever sent your team on sales training? The very clear yes or no answer. They go, yeah, I have actually, or you know what, I haven't, but I've been meaning to, or no, my team's perfect at sales already. Hey, Ash, um, quick question. Do you manage all your finances yourself or do you use an outsourced CFO? Yeah, there's obviously got to relate to your specific business, but there can be very easy um, this or that type conversation starters. If you're going completely playful, you could say, hey, Ash, it's great to connect. This is the question I ask all of my new contacts, but what's something fun about you that isn't on your LinkedIn profile? Or what's a random fun fact that I wouldn't know about you from your LinkedIn profile? I play the guitar, but not everybody else agrees with me when I play the guitar that I'm a guitarist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's fun. It breaks the ice. And yeah. we're talking as friends. I think I'm a guitarist, but not everybody agrees with me. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me laugh, and it, and, <laughs> and it would it makes people laugh. So you're breaking the ice, and all of a sudden, yeah, you've changed um, yeah. compared to everybody else on there. Or you can just again do some a question that's genuine, that's genuine, but is curious. So Ash, um, it's great to connect. Hey, I noticed you've got a, a guitar in the background in one of your um, featured posts. Do you play, or are you just a, a music lover? Right. Like it's that's even if I have on my profile, I sell LinkedIn coaching or I sell marketing coaching or this or that. If I've asked you about something I've noticed and I'm curious about it, it would be very hard. I would believe, like, if you receive that, would you go, Oh, he's trying to sell me something, or is he just being a nice, friendly person? You know, this is exactly what David Meerman Scott talked about in episode 215. And he had a surfboard, as do you, in the background. The first question he asked me before we started recording was, I see you have a guitar in the background. And then he referenced that during the actual interview. That's exactly what he said too. My, I put my, my light grey surfboard at the front there because the one behind it has a dark 
board cover. And when right. I was doing a presentation, a keynote, a virtual keynote presentation a few months back, um, apparently everybody thought it was an ironing board. <laughs> <laughs> and in the comments, which I couldn't see because I wasn't the host of the of the um, Zoom session, everyone was saying, "Why is this Adam fella got a, an ironing board in the background? Or like, <laughs> is he doing it in his laundry or something?" You're a man about the house, man. That's right. So I wanted to avoid that confusion, put one that was more obviously a surfboard at the front. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, yeah, have, looking for something interesting that you're sincerely, that you are sincerely interested in is another great way to break the ice, start a conversation, again, just like real life. So there's lots of different approaches, and I think just play around with different different types. Again, it's not the end of the world. Like most people won't remember you from a bar of soap anyway. We're one of, at the moment, we're one of 500 million people on LinkedIn. If they've accepted our connection request, maybe we're one of a thousand strangers that they don't know in their network. There's nothing much to lose. And we can go from being a stranger to being, oh, Ash and I have this bond because we've spoken about guitars and surfboards. Yeah. Um, All of a sudden, you're somebody that I actually know, like, and trust. Yeah, you um, become memorable. Memorable, exactly. Even if um, people don't respond, that's okay because let's talk about the content side of things now. If we are publishing content to LinkedIn, all of a sudden when Ash Roy shows up in my news feed, he goes from, oh, some stranger, one of 500 million people who I've just accepted, oh, he's posting interesting stuff. He's showing up in my news feed. There's links to podcasts. There's photos. I see he's got a guitar. All of a sudden, you're becoming more top of mind to these with these people, mm-hmm. which means when you go back in the private messages, say in a month or two months' time and say and reconnect with them and say, you know, I'm actually running a workshop coming up on Friday. Would you like me to send you a, a rego link? They go, oh, actually, I ignored you for the first five messages. I feel a bit <laughs> guilty about that, but you've been showing up in my newsfeed. I'm, I feel like I'm getting to know you a bit now. Sure, send through the link. Sales Navigator is a pretty handy tool to be able to follow people's news feeds and then comment on what they're posting on the news feed and sort of get to know them on a neutral ground and acknowledge what they're doing on a more neutral ground rather than their inbox. But my question is, I've tried sending video messages and I use a tool called dub.com. There's a bunch out there. There's Bonjoro and all these other things where you can send a personalized video greeting saying, hey, how's it going? And so on. But interestingly, I have had a very poor response rate to those. Is that what you've seen as well? Like a lot of people don't even open them or even watch them, even though there's a GIF sitting there waving at them inside their inbox. I, I mean, I've sent them and I've received them, but to, it's probably less than like 1% of the time that I receive them or that I send them. I've personally found them really quite useful. When I've received them, I've actually booked calls with people because okay. they've done a short personalized video to me like to use a loom video okay so i will record a short little um 60 second video just introducing myself yep um and i try to include something quirky in there too but why loom over say something like dub like with dub you can tell when it's been open how much of it they've watched how many times they've clicked on it and all that stuff i don't think you can do that on loom can you you can't tell who has clicked on it but you can tell how many people have clicked okay dub and then they're good for real like for personalized personalized one like hi ash yep this i like to use this um again just to maximizing my time but it mine's just hey it's nice to meet you by way of a quick introduction Uh, i'm the author of this um i do post content about marketing i run workshops i give away marketing templates so more generic one a generic one feels pretty personal um and then i say look 
a random fact about me. I collect Coke cans and erasers. Um, I'd love to learn more about, about you when you've got a chance. It's nice to meet you. Let's stay connected. I can add that to my library and that can be part of the conversation starter. So I've shot this video as a little introduction and then you can just use the same Loom link every time without having to go, oh, I've got another 20 personalized ones to do today. Just a bit bit more effective sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. The personalized ones I'd say for something more high stakes, like say I was looking to maybe do a, you know, do a speaking engagement overseas at a big uh-huh. conference. If I had identified who the decision maker was or somebody in that decision making team, I might actually craft a, a personalized message to them and say, hey Ash, the reason I'm sending this video is because I've seen you've got this conference coming up. I noticed you've got a session on LinkedIn that doesn't have a speaker yet. Um, I'd like to put my hat in the ring for this and do it, you know, when there's a specific reason to do so. I love video messages. Yeah. But again, I mean most to be honest, most of mine are text sent as text rather than video. Another tip that I've heard is useful is doing audio recordings inside a message, probably easier to do than video as well, but just a quick, you know, hold down that record button and just send an audio message. Yeah, I think that that format suits certain people. I have sent them, but I tend to prefer either video or text, sometimes just mainly because I don't, I tend to find when I receive them, unless I've got my earphones in, you don't know what's coming, sometimes the baby's asleep, sometimes you're on a, you know, in a, in a movie, or not a movie, but, you know, a conference. So, I mean, they can be really good and a lot of people just find it a lot easier just to talk than sit there and, you know, type away with their clumsy thumbs. Yeah. Um, each that are nothing, not, not extra good, not extra bad, just, just a different format that suits certain people. Okay, so now we're connected with a person. We're having a little bit of rapport going with them. What's next? Yeah, step three is are they interested? Is there a degree of interest? So connected, started a conversation, are they interested? So we're not here to uh, dilly-daddle around, if that's a <laughs> phrase American li- listeners will understand. We're not here to you know go back and forth ad nauseum with no real purpose to the conversation. We're not on LinkedIn to waste time. Ways to determine if they're interested would be to invite them to a workshop uh-huh. or even a hypothetical workshop. You could say, Ash, I'm considering running a workshop on this because a few of my private clients have asked me to. If I run one, would you like me to send you the link, the registration link? So you don't even have to go to all the effort of committing to a webinar because that can be a bit overwhelming for some people. You could just say, hypothetically, would you be interested in a registration link? And then if enough people say yes, you can write back and say, great, I'm going to run it on Friday. Here's the link. Maybe you can even put that in the original message. Like I'm considering running a workshop and if there's enough interest, I will run it. Would you be interested? And that way, if they reply with yes, but you don't run it, you can at least say that, well, there wasn't enough interest. Oh, I probably wouldn't necessarily message one. I'd probably wait. I wouldn't do it as a conversation starter. Yeah, just to determine if there's interest. If you've got like a scorecard or something, mm-hmm. which some people have in their in their repertoire, you could say, look, I've created this, this scorecard that um, takes less than five minutes that helps you determine your business growth score or your marketing score or your health and fitness score. Um, would you be interested in uncovering or discovering your your score? And you find that helps, the survey yes. type thingy? Yep, absolutely. Because okay. it's good for message three because it's not they've 
they've connected, they've engaged in a bit of a conversation. This is something where they've either got to register, like for all, you know, indicate an interest in um, a workshop yep. or indicate enough interest to bother spending five minutes filling out a, a scorecard. Because mm-hmm. if health and fitness isn't of interest to them, why would they want to work out their health and fitness score? Or if gotcha. I got sent, what's your guitar playing ability um, scorecard? I'd go, I already know it's zero. <laughs> and I don't have any interest <laughs> in that because I'm just terrible at it. You know, so people that do respond by virtue of the fact that they have responded, they're interested. Yeah. They may not be like, yes, please sell me a guitar or sell me a guitar coaching, but they're interested enough to do a, a scorecard. Are they interested? Hand raising. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Okay. I, I call hand raising the next step. Um, oh, okay. I call this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, are they interested? It is kind of a, it's a very little hand raise. <laughs> right. Step four to me is like hand firmly in the air. The workshop is, I understand, less of a commitment even from your, from our standpoint and as compared to, say, a webinar. Is it as effective as doing a webinar? Because I know a lot of people do webinars and say webinars are very effective to generate inbound leads. How would you compare a workshop to a webinar? Oh, I pretty much, I, I use those words interchangeably, essentially. But a workshop is less work than a webinar because it's less formal, right? You can just send out five invitations and you don't have to organize webinar tools or whatever. You just do it on a Zoom call and just send them a recording. Yeah, I mean, to me, they're both just, they're both different formats. Like whether I call like a webinar, it's just like, or a Zoom meeting whether it's informal and, and no structure, where it's just like a, a freestyle type of essentially like a meet and greet type of one or a mastermind, or yeah. whether it's a workshop where you sit down and deliver 45 minutes of content That's with a sales pitch at the end. I'm thinking of a webinar more like Amy Porterfield does, where you have this thing and you have a launch build, building up to it and you have emails reminding people about the webinar and that's what I'm thinking when I'm thinking webinar, like an event. And to be fair, an informal Zoom type of thing does probably require some of those reminders and stuff so people actually turn up just the format on the day that's going to be slightly different so i do think that they they, they definitely have a purpose those reminders but i mean whether they turn up or not is not the issue is not the the main thing a lot of people think i've got to get all these people onto my webinar and get my attendance rate up to 30 or 40 percent for it to be worthwhile but the reality is that a lot of your best prospects who will likely become your best clients of the people that are too busy to attend a webinar. They're interested because they've registered, but the fact that they don't turn up doesn't mean that they're not a good prospect. In fact, they're a better prospect because they're busy and busy people have less time and more money, generally speaking. So they're much more likely to go, you know what, I do need help with this. I just didn't have 60 minutes to spend on a webinar because most people's webinars are a waste of time. but it's those people that don't turn up. They're the prime can- more prime candidates for wanting to be an actual client. Now, that is and a we- very interesting and subtle point. So what do you do? How do you engage those people that don't have time to consume your content but who need your content the most? Okay, so what you do is you have a process for before and after the webinar. So either on the thank you page or even if you don't have the registration page set up, I mean, I like. I recommend clients use Luma, um, which is right. super easy webinar registration free um, software. L-U-M-A. So on the thank you page, I would say thanks for registering. 
if you're like many people who either are too busy to turn up or just want to fast track their results, why don't we book in a 15-minute brainstorming session and I will find out a little bit about you and give you three ways that you can help, that you can do whatever it is the outcome is that you promise on the webinar. So that way people can fast track it. And then after the webinar, you might say, hey, um, I noticed you didn't attend or I noticed you, or even if you don't even gather that data, you could just say, look, the webinar's over. Here's the replay. Or if you missed the replay, why don't we have a quick 15-minute Zoom call? One-on-one, we'll fast track this and apply it directly to your your business. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's ways there for the people that are just too busy to attend to, to fast track. So they're the ways to get interest. And then we move to actually raising their hand firmly in the air, which is really where we're talking about booking in a call. So there's a lot of different approaches that you might use here. But say someone's done your scorecard, registered for an event. The other one is to join a Facebook group. That's another way for people to demonstrate their interest. So you might say for stage three, for interest, hey, Ash, I'm great to connect. Hey, look, I've got, I've got a whole bunch more resources and training lessons and tutorials over in my Facebook group. Here's the link if you'd like to join me or would you like me to send you the link? Is Facebook still working? I'm finding in engagement in Facebook groups have dropped dramatically. Uh, look, I find it works pretty well. Engagement rates can, can fluctuate a bit depending on the algorithm. Um, okay. But if it's the right people in there and the right content, super, super valuable. We move to stage four, allowing people to raise their hand in the air. So just like we spoke about before, a good one is the fast track call format. Ash, thanks for your interest in my workshop. Or thanks for requesting my scorecard or thanks for being a part of my Facebook group. If you'd like to fast track things, I'm happy to jump on a 10-minute brainstorming call to put a plan in place. Don't mm-hmm. worry, nothing's for sale. Would you like to book a time? So we're not selling on the call. We're solving. I get that. How does that then eventually come into a sales conversation? How does that evolve? That 10-minute call, you're delivering some value. You're also auditioning them. There's only so much value you can give in 10 or 15 minutes, right? Right. Um, but you're asking questions about them and people love talking about themselves. And you can say, look, here's a couple of things that I think you could do. But from what you've told me, it sounds as though you know, meet the criteria of someone that I could really help. Um, if you'd like to go into a deep dive um, strategy call with me, um, mm-hmm. I can sort of show you um, exactly how I can help. I'd love to learn a little bit more about certain areas of your business for me to be confident that I could help. Um, but by the end of this call, a strategy call, I'll know one if I can help you and I'll also lay out exactly what that engagement would look like so that by the end you could go yes i'm all in or no thanks Uh, but that's what we would guide people to and that's where you do the selling there's lots of different script frameworks but i'll pick a couple out of my script library vault in fact one of the best ones i've received is essentially the line would you like my help so the bit that precedes that is for example i help social media speakers craft a sales presentation that helps them sell more of their products and programs. Would you like my help with this? Okay. So I received that and they knew that I was a social media speaker because I told them that on my profile. So that's, I go, yeah, I would like some help actually. Nothing to lose here. I help um, business owners in Sydney, you know, prepare their bass and do uh, a 2022 financial plan to help, you know, identify areas of business improvement. Would you like my help with this? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's getting to the pointy end, but most of these frameworks shouldn't come across too slimy and icky. Yeah. 
because again you're always asking for permission yes you're saying would you like my help yeah they're in control yes Um, so that's the key like does this appeal would you like my help would you like to know more hit reply and let me know if this is, is of interest okay so let's move to the biggest challenges you've seen people have implementing this excellent strategy and these tactics and what's worked best in terms of overcoming them just before i answer that one can i just move to stage five of the nurture system oh so, the sorry final, i didn't realize yes step? please yes no no that's all right because once they do raise their hand firmly in the air which is stage four then we've actually just got to do the final bit which is book the sales call and this again is where people get scared and it's natural it's human nature because they've gone oh yes i would like your help with this because this, <laughs> this is for real now now I'm going to have to actually have a sales conversation with this person and I might yep. get rejected. I might feel uncomfortable. Right. People get nervous, right? And often people neglect to actually book the sales call in and ghost them. Right. Even though they've said, I want your help. So what we need to do then is just say, look, either here's my link to my calendar booking thing. Let's book in a time next week. Or on your profile, is this the best mobile or cell number for you? Why don't I give you a call at one o'clock on Tuesday? Pacific time, but just booking that call in. Now, that's another important point. You don't want to send them a link to your scheduler because that requires them to do a lot of work to book the call in. You want to make it easy for them and remove the friction. So you just give them, you ask them for a time. Is that correct? There's Again, it depends on how aggressive or forward you want to be. And it also depends on how much volume you're dealing with and how much of a prize you are. And so just to, I know, to, to, to say you, Seth, Godin as a example in this situation, if he wrote to to somebody, um, one of us or a stranger, he might say, "Look, I've got five, I've got five slots. Um, I can help people just like you do this. Yeah. Um, if you're interested, I'm only taking the first five people. Um, here's my calendar booking link. <laughs> He's framing himself appropriately as the prize, and so a, a calendar link is is appropriate in that situation. Um, or you could suggest a time and have a bit more manual back and forth. Or you could hedge your bets and you could say, this time might be suitable. If you're interested, we can do it then. Alternatively, if it doesn't work, here's a link to my scheduler. Or sometimes I just pick up the phone and call them. Yeah, okay. So I'll know their mobile or cell number from their LinkedIn profile. Failing that, I'll probably have it off their website. Hey, what proportion of the time do you find they have their cell numbers and their email addresses on their LinkedIn profile? Nearly always. That's a good point because there is this tool called Kixie, K-I-X-I-E, which is super Mm -hmm. handy and it works really well with HubSpot. It integrates very deeply with HubSpot and you can send SMS messages and stuff using Kixie. I even know how to get their phone numbers and email addresses from a tool called Uplead, but I just feel a bit icky about sending them a message and them being like, where do you have my number from? But if it's on LinkedIn and I've connected with them with LinkedIn, then I feel more comfortable about that. I've often thought that, that people might go, where do you get my number from, mate? And they yeah. never, one, they, they they never ask because most people have their number out there anyway. Um, but otherwise you just say, look, it's on your web. I've just picked it up off your website or yeah. your LinkedIn profile. Just wanted to give you a quick call because you've expressed interest in this. Have you got seven minutes now for a, a quick discussion? And that's an important point because you've expressed interest in this. You need to tie it back to them having expressed interest. So it puts the control back in their hands. It makes them realize that 
they've been part of it. This is not happening to them. This is happening with them. Really good distinction there. And again, permission to proceed. Have you got seven minutes now? I'd love to learn a little bit about your business. Is now a good time for a quick chat? Other method that I have used quite a few times, and again, it might feel too forward, but it actually works quite well, is just booking a time into their calendar. A lot of people, even on their website, right, will have a Calendly or a whatever. Point. And just says, if you want to book in a 20-minute call, I mean, they've set it up so they can have prospects book with them, but I'll often just go on there and book a time and write to them and say, hey, look, I've just booked 20 minutes in your calendar because you've expressed interest in this last message I've sent you. Um, hope that works for you. Um, let me know if it doesn't, but otherwise I'll see you at 2 o'clock on, on Friday. And they go, oh, Excellent. thanks, that was easy. They didn't have to do anything. I'm just in their yeah. calendar. Yeah, do whatever you feel comfortable with, but there's lots of different options there. So they're the five steps. Connect, conversation starter, interest, raise hand, and have the sales conversation. Fantastic. I'm so glad you summarized that because I was going to do a little bit of a roundup, but now I don't need to, and I don't need to remember it all. Although I've been taking copious notes here. Okay. So biggest challenges and how do people overcome them? Almost certainly, or two, fear. Like we spoke about at the start, I don't want to annoy people, be that person, all of that. The best way to overcome that is to realize that every friend and client we've ever had was a stranger once. Somebody had to go first. Um, part of that is understanding that you need to come from a place of generosity and offer something of value. It's the first part. The second biggest challenge is time. Right. I recommend spending 20 minutes a day doing this on LinkedIn consistently. When you do that consistently, the results are there. Your network will grow. Your email list will grow. Your revenue will grow. But if you just do it in, in little bits and pieces, it will fall apart. That's another important point. I was meaning to ask you this earlier on. At the time of this recording, I believe the limit on sending invitations to people on LinkedIn is, I think, is it 20 a week? 100 a week. 100 a week. So 20 That's a day, been, you can yep. get away with that without upsetting the LinkedIn gods and getting banned. It's still important to do it in a way that is tactful and strategic rather than just randomly sending out messages because you're not really building a meaningful network anyway, either for you or for the other person. You're just adding to the noise. The other question I had is you just mentioned you'd build your email list as well. How does that work with building your LinkedIn connections? Sure. So when this process is set up, that stage three, the interest, if you're sending somebody to register for a workshop or a webinar, there's a registration component to that which is putting your email address in to register. So that's like an email opt-in. If you're sending people to a scorecard type of tool, there's a registration process there so they can get their results sent to them. That's mm -hmm. an email opt-in mechanism as well. And if you're sending somebody to a Facebook group, one of the questions I recommend before they can join is, what's your best email address so that I can send you some resources? Built into that is mechanisms to grow your email list. Now, when you send them some resources, you're not necessarily getting an opt-in though, unless they opt-in. So we need to be compliant with the GDPR regulations as well, right? Even though I know that that's supposed to only be applicable to people in Europe, but technically it applies to Europeans traveling through Australia as well or US. So it's it's like, it's good. It creates good email hygiene. So the question is, are you sending them then to an opt-in page for the resources? 
or are you just giving them the resources via email, in which case they're not opted in? My personal approach is for that conversation starter, if I offer my popular marketing template, I like to give that to them with no strings attached. Because at that point, I'm a stranger. I want a 500 million random odd bods on, the, on, on LinkedIn. I want to differentiate myself by giving something of value with no strings, no opt-ins, no nothing. So I give that. Some people send you straight to an opt-in page. But I find that a bit, I don't like that. Because if I've offered you something, Ash, and all of a sudden I bait and switch and say, look, in order to get it, you've got to tell me your details yeah. and opt-in for me spamming exactly. you forever. It's like, mate, that doesn't seem right and fair. So me personally, I give that freely. Of course, in that document is built, you know, there's calls to action built into it so they can sign up for stuff on my website. Aha. Uh-huh. But also I wait till message three, that hand, that the interest phase. So I know that my scorecard, my Facebook group or my workshop is my mechanism because they're entering their own details. That is a proper opt-in. Whereas me just adding their email address to my Infusionsoft or my HubSpot is is not spam compliant. So that's how I distinguish being spam compliant. Quick couple of bullet points on how to optimize your profile for people who want to be relevant quickly to their target audience. My take is to firstly use language that your buyers use mm-hmm. and my typical example is if you're a mortgage broker or a home loan specialist, use that language. Right. Don't say I'm a director of whatever your company name is, unless your company name is like Sydney Home Loans. That's obvious what you do. If you've got like some weird name, like don't say I'm a director of Blue Wire Media because that doesn't mean as much as saying I'm a marketing coach or I'm exactly. a social media speaker. It's kind of similar to the feature versus the benefit thing, right? You're what you do in your company, your designation in your company is the feature, but the benefit to the client is the solution that your company provides. So mm. make it client-facing or customer-facing. For that matter, if a lot of your customers call their customers customers, or maybe if they use the word customers, then you would use the word customers in your language, in your copy. But if they use the word clients, you would use the word clients in your copy. So using similar language. 100%. The biggest tip, easiest tip is to make your profile client friendly. Most people have their LinkedIn profile as a resume, which is fair. Most people are looking for jobs. In this podcast, this show, in my business, we're talking about people as business owners who are looking to win clients. So rather than talk about how wonderful I am as like a resume, we want to talk about the client and the outcomes that you can help clients achieve. And not only that, I like to include a very clear description of an ideal client, the language I use on my about section is specifically, I help businesses that have one to two owners, that have been going for 10 to 20 years, that have word of mouth and referrals already, who work with high value clients, who have revenue in the range of X to Y. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I do that is because when people come to that and they they can either, they can self-identify or not. So I like to have a pretty clear description of of your ideal client. And speaking of about section, this principle also applies to your about page on your website. I believe that it makes more sense to make your about page on your website, although it's technically supposed to be about you. And sure, you want to tell them a little bit about you. You want to present it in the context of 
how that is useful to your prospect because ultimately your prospect is coming to your about page which i believe is the second most visited page on most websites they're coming to your about page to see how your about page is meaningful to them yeah and you can still certainly certainly tell your own stories but relate it back to how it helps other people so you might say i got started in marketing when i was doing nightclub promotions back in the university days and what that taught me about bringing about building a community and getting people to um, turn up and, and pay their cover charge has applied to helping my clients today do these types of things. So you can wow. weave, you know, but you're exactly right. It, it really helps when all that stuff is related to the client. Amazing, amazing information, not just strategic, but tactical, implementable. What action steps can someone take right now to get started so that they just get some momentum. Because one of the biggest problems I've seen across the board is just getting started. The hardest part of going for a run is putting your shoes on. That's it. Because once your shoes are on, it's easy to get out the door and you're away. Um, So the easiest, lowest friction, easiest place to start in my experience, and this is an activity I do in my LinkedIn Accelerator workshops, is to actually just identify 10 or 20 people that you know already but that Mm -hmm. you haven't contacted for two, three, four, five years. Ideally, they're people that you've worked with in the past or were a prospect in the past Mm -hmm. and just write to them and say, hey, Ash, long time no speak. Can't believe it's been five years since we spoke about this particular project or last time that we spoke. What's been going, going on in your world? As for me, I'm now focused on this. Let's reconnect or it's great to reconnect. I have someone in mind right now that I'm going to reach out to after this conversation. I can actually (laughs) think of that person. I've been meaning to reach out to him for ages. That is fantastic. Now, you mentioned your workshops. How do people find out more about you? Where do they go? How do they find out about these workshops? Because, man, if you've given us this much value in this conversation, I can't wait to check out one of your workshops. To sort of practice what I preach, I want to give listeners a way to have value with no opt-in required and then okay. an option if they like that to, to, to get more of the notifications. So I've actually got a bundle of LinkedIn guides and resources. Okay. So there's a link to that, which is bluewiremedia.com.au slash LinkedIn PDFs. That'll take you to a Google Drive folder, no opt-in, help yourself to those resources. If and when you find them valuable, or if you just know, I want to get an invite to Adam's next LinkedIn Accelerator workshop, what I recommend you do is just go straight to my website, bluewiremedia.com.au, and mm-hmm. download the resource on my homepage. This is actually my web strategy planning template that I co-created with David Beam and Scott back in the day. So you just just if you opt into anything on my site, you'll then be on my Blue Wire News email list. There's over 35,000 people that I write to um, once or twice a week. And once you're on that, you will get the invites to my LinkedIn Accelerator workshop. Beautifully done. Fantastic. So I'm going to say it again. The link is bluewiremedia.com.au forward slash LinkedIn PDFs. And that's an S on the end. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So bluewiremedia.com.au. That's the most important bit you've got to remember. All of our podcast episodes live at productiveinsights.com forward slash the episode number. That's a short link. And then that redirects to the correct link. 
So Seth Godin, for example, I said it was episode 200 and that's productiveinsights.com forward slash 200. And there you should find the embedded video and you should find the podcast episode embedded in the show notes and uh, blog post and everything else related to that. So we usually also post transcriptions in there. So you should be able to find the transcript in there. And if you have the time, we'll put some good quality subheads and stuff to make it a little bit easier to read. So Adam, man, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for practicing what you preach. I'm delighted to have had you on. I can't believe it's taken this long, but it really has been an honor. You're one of the most trusted and you know wonderful people I've met in years. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. And I can't wait to have you back on. I look forward to it, Ash. It's, it's always great chatting with you and I've really thoroughly enjoyed our, our catch up today. So thanks again.